When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. In the know, non-stop Vikings talk, it's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You like that? You like that? I would think Kirk likes what's being written about him this week Hell. on the national level. Some, some glowing praise of Kirk Cousins for us to get into here on Purple Daily. Technically a bonus episode of Purple Daily. I don't even know. We're just... We're throwing out two episodes, sometimes three, if you want to count, like, you know, Purple Daily on draft and Purple Access. There's a lot going on. It's that time but, of year, man. Exactly. I love we, this. We went from, like, making up historical rankings of Vikings players and stuff <laughs> in early July to just having a barrage of things to dive into here now that training camp has started. So we're going to get into a really glowing article that Albert Breer wrote. SI.com about Kirk Cousins and then uh, Mike Sandoz quarterback tears in just a moment here. Shout out to our friends over at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL, an official TV partner of the National Football League. Football. So... There's a lot. We'll come back to some of the because I do think we should read some of the anonymous uh, like NFL executive quotes about Cousins. But here's sort of the summary, and I want to get your guys' thoughts before we dive into the weeds on this. Albert Breer came to town last week, and maybe you saw him roaming around training. I camp. did. I did, did see Albert. Mm-hmm. So he sat down with Cousins, with Kevin O'Connell, with Justin Jefferson. And one of the snippets he wrote was the rap on the 34-year-old Cousins was always that he was smart and disciplined, almost to a fault. He could carry out any concept the way you ran it on a Wednesday practice. But if Sunday was unlike what was being taught during the practice week, you'd find yourself in choppy waters. If it went off script, you'd find yourself in choppy waters. We have ripped him to shreds for that for six years, right? Yes, we've talked about that. But that's not the case anymore, Breer writes, according to his coach and star receiver. Mike Sando put out the annual, this is the eighth annual quarterback tier rankings where he, he surveys 50 different, so it's eight general managers, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators, 10 executives, four quarterbacks coaches, and then three analytics guys. And it's all anonymous so they can say whatever they want and they rank all 30 quarterbacks and they get put into tiers. Cousins was put in tier two and his 12th ranking. So he's ranked 12th. He was in tier two, ranked 12th 
was the highest he's ever ranked in the eight quarterback tier appearances dating back to like 2016. So he's higher than he's ever been in the eyes of people around the league. And you've got Albert Breer writing, talking to people within the Vikings organization, Kevin O'Connell, and Justin Jefferson saying, hey, this used to be who Kirk Cousins was. We actually think he's this now. Do you think these are fair assessments of the ascension of Kirk Cousins? Absolutely. And I think what they are is it's a reflection. I, I don't think it's fair to talk about Kirk's successful 2022 without talking about what Kevin O'Connell meant there. Like this is so when Spielman signed Kirk, okay, and this is not I'm not absolving anybody here. Uh, I'm not absolving Kirk and I'm not in absolving Zimmer. But it was a self-fulfilling prophecy that Mike had put out there of, I don't want this guy, right? And so think about the thing that you just read from Breer. Like, this dovetails in perfectly. What you just read from Breer is something that we've all known, which is on Wednesday when everything is smooth, when 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 you're at 36,000 feet and there's no choppy air, things go smooth as possible. But when you hit turbulence, it's a problem. Well, Kevin O'Connell is the antidote much more so to the turbulence. So, like, none of this is surprising. This is how, and, and with what Kirk was making, it was on him to improve himself under Mike, and he couldn't make it happen as far as a win-loss perspective. But this is what happens when you get the, when you get basically the penicillin that can help fix Kirk when things go wrong. Kevin O'Connell yeah. has done a masterful job there, and he is now getting out of Kirk, what Kirk is capable of providing. So I think all of the context here, I think all of this is not surprising. Kirk Cousins took a huge step when given the infrastructure and support system that Kirk Cousins needed and never had, I don't know in Washington, but certainly from 2018 to 21 with the Vikings. KOC is the veteran flight attendant that when you are experiencing turbulence, you look at and go, are they acting calm? Because if they're acting calm, I will mostly remain calm. I'm okay. still, I'm still have a death grip on both armchairs, but I'm not fearing for my life because they are still serving me ginger ale and ice. Okay, so it's okay. Um, and nothing in this world just rattles up people more, by the way, than quarterback rankings. It's the new thing. I, I feel like we're getting more and more QB rankings, and El Sandals done this like annually, but now like quarterback rankings have jumped the shark. And I love it, to be honest. Like, power rankings, I think we've all have now dismissed team power rankings as just, just a bunch of baloney for the most part. Not but us. QB rankings. Except on Tuesdays on Purple Day, <laughs> the pigs. That's order, coming up. We're smart. We know what we're talking about. Okay, we know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but QB rankings have completely jumped the shark, where now it's, well, Kirk's 12. Oh, he can't be 12 because Dak's ahead of him. Well, he's actually a Tier 2 quarterback. Oh, okay. I can get down with Kirk Cousins being a Tier 2 quarterback. So I love the whole discourse to that quarterback rankings have basically uh, been thrusted upon us as, as sports fans. I, do you guys feel like, okay, we're talking to 50 different people in the know, right? The, you know, this is 10 different head coaches, 10 different GMs that we're surveying sort of the heartbeat of the NFL's decision makers. It's not what, you know, media jackals like us think. It's not what fans think. It's what people who do this for a living think. Is it fair to say that these quarterback rankings paint the most accurate picture or at least paint probably the most interesting picture because it's from people inside the walls of NFL buildings, right? 
Yes, and yes, I I will uh, say this. I believe Mike Sando, who I know a little bit, started these when he was at ESPN, mm-hmm. and Mike and Mike is a is a disciple of the late great John Clayton. I mean, he is football. He is anal about his reporting. Like Mike is not just Mike is as far away from clickbait dude as you can possibly get. Yeah. So yes, I I think of all of the lists, which include us like sitting down at the at the kitchen table and coming up with our list but i think of all of the lists that are assembled this one probably is atop the credibility list because one he's been doing this for a long time two he's well sourced and three this dude like lives for stuff like this and he is not he's not trying to get clicks he is trying to put together the most accurate description he possibly can I, yes. I believe we had Sando on the program two Good years guy. ago post this list, didn't we? Yep. I think it was post yeah. the like 2021 QB tier list. I think you're right. Yep. I think we've had him on a couple times. We I'm pretty sure we've had him on twice to discuss the the quarterback list. And he's and he's doing the media rounds now and he's he's excellent. Um so I, I feel like this is this is my biggest takeaway digesting the Albert Breer article and the and the the list now, the Mike Sando list, is that the problem with the Kirk Cousins dialogue oftentimes is people talk about him and debate him as if he's the same guy now as he was in 2018. You know, it's, it's sort of this like, is he good enough or isn't he good enough discussion that's black and white and doesn't account for how different he is now as a 34-year-old quarterback, leader, everything, versus when the Vikings signed him on a ready-made Super Bowl team and said, hey, be the final piece to the puzzle. So I personally, as a guy who's hammered him for years and have been, I've been critical for six years of this guy for the most part, I am more optimistic now about Kirk Cousins' ability to take this team far than I've ever been. Do you guys feel the same sense of optimism at all? Oh, yeah, because he's got a coach who knows how to get through. He's got a coach that cares. He he his coach is is as invested in him as you can get. And that's what Kirk needs. And look, you know what? We can't talk about this without talking about, and this is probably on well, it's on Kirk for sure, but it's on Kevin as well. But the way that the season ended was very disappointing because of how far uh those two and Kirk in particular had come, you know. Eight comebacks, which for Kirk three years ago would have been like, if you had told me, hey, you know what, in some year it's going to be eight, I'd be like, no, it's not. He's not capable. So, I yes. And I don't think it's that Kirk has changed. I think the one thing that people don't get, and and I see reports like this and it confuses me a little bit, I think people don't understand how talented Kirk is. So, like, it feels like there's this, well, he's just not that good. He's just, no, he's really good. He's physically talented. This is mental. And so when when he gets a support system, and that's what Kevin is, as O'Connell said, after Kirk's misguided decision to try and score from the goal line in Buffalo, you've got to let me help you. You've got to let me help you. That's what Kevin O'Connell does. And that is what is ascending Kirk's play. It's not some like weird mid-career, boy, this is surprising. It's having the infrastructure and a coach who understands him and works with him continually. And that's very important here. It certainly feels like his perception stock has gone up, especially over, yeah, since the quarterback documentary. But 
even with the sour play to end the season against the Giants, I think the fourth quarter comebacks and the game-winning drives, I really thought that there was a perception that took at least a half step forward. I'm not going to say he completely changed everyone's mind, but I think there was enough evidence there to suggest that, oh, Kirk Cousins isn't just a complete laughing stock and falls on his face in primetime every single time or when the, when the, when the temperature gets hot. Uh, and now after this quarterback documentary, I think his perception stock has continued to go up. I really, I, I really think mm-hmm. it has. Yeah, well, he's he's a better quarterback now than when the Vikings signed him. Stop me if I'm saying something wrong here. He's a better quarterback now than he was in 2018. I think he's a better leader now than he was before Kevin O'Connell got here. I think he's always had some leadership qualities about him, but by his own admission, he's been kind of a put my head down, do my job, I just want to focus on my job kind of a thing. And Kevin O'Connell has been very vocal the last two years saying, dude, we need we need more of that like family guy, Kirk, that we, we, we need you to be sort of the parent of the room here. You're, you're working with a bunch of 23 year olds and 25 year olds. So be more of a vocal leader. And maybe most importantly, he has sort of mastered, not quite at a Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady level, but like he's sort of mastered the fourth quarter end game. You know, you, you get 10 years of being an NFL quarterback under your belt and film study and the game slowing down and you fail enough times in those situations. If you can, if your body can continue forward into its mid thirties and late thirties while your brain slows everything down, this is kind of what you're seeing with him in the fourth quarter right now. So it, it always amuses me when it's like, oh, you know, Phil and Judd and Declan, you guys are finally now you're admitting that you were wrong about Kirk. It's like I stand by every criticism from 2018 through 2020, 21, and then I think the discourse on this show, at least for me became a lot more gray in like 2021, 22. And now like, this is like I said earlier, this is legitimately, I'm not, I don't think he's going to be confused for, you know, Joe Montana in the late eighties in terms of like greatness and clutch. But I feel like he is much closer now to being a guy you can make a legitimate run with than he was when they signed him. And the unfortunate part is they needed him to be that guy when they signed him because the roster was ready made. Right. And now it's like he's kind of becoming that guy more than he's ever been before. And now you're wondering, can the roster get there? Can the, can the defense get there? Right. Can the offensive line hold up more than it did, especially with some of the pressures last year. But that's, that's kind of where I'm at with this after soaking in quarterback and last season and soaking in some of the, you know, well, now what you're hearing from these league executives through the Mike Sando piece, like I'm, I'm here for Kirk Cousins this season. I don't think Kirk has changed. I think the situation around him has, and that's you don't think he's he changed needs. at all in five years. Well, I, I don't think he's changed much. No, I he's his Zimmer hated his quirks. O'Connell embraces them. If the but, boss but that's embraces, a player. like you don't think he's a better player himself now. You think it's all circumstances I would have, around him. I would have, I would have loved to seen this version of O'Connell with Kirk in eighteen. I would have loved to have. I think Kirk Cousins. Um, I don't think that he's changed as far as his work. Like, I think he's always been hyper-obsessed. Um, I think he sells himself short on talent at times. Uh, so I honestly think that the jump, and it might not be fair, but when you sign the contract he did, you need to produce. I don't care who your coach is. Like, you need to, if you're going to sign that contract with that team, and by the way, you're, that coach came out in February before you signed and said, don't sign him. So when you sign yeah. on that dotted line, you need to produce. But if we had put this version of Kevin O'Connell or a McVeigh with Kirk Cousins back then, I think he is 
very successful. So you might think not be this, a Super Bowl. Think, to, you think this version, like the guy that that manipulated all those fourth quarter comebacks, probably just manifests earlier than age yes. thirty three or thirty four. Exactly right. I mean, he is the classic student who needs an who needs an advocate. He does. And Kevin O'Connell, you know, and now because of O'Connell's attitude towards him, his sort of quirky geekiness is embraced. And now he's told, hey, this is fun. And now I don't know. He loves it, but he certainly is far. I I feel like he previously hit it. And now I feel like he plays it up a little bit more because he knows people are laughing with him instead of at him. And I think people spent a long time in his mind laughing at him. That's an interesting distinction because it kind of felt like his coach was laughing at him for a long time. Yeah, his coach hated him. And now his coach is like, no, man, we're in we're in on this together. It's okay, you know? And and to pull back the curtain on some of that stuff where Kevin is like his therapist on the side. It feels like Kevin is more his mental coach than his Kirk. Kirk's going to he Kirk knows what he's looking at. A hundred percent. This is this unlike, is the key. Like, like some of these young quarterbacks, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and yes. these guys that have been drafted, they don't know what they're looking at yet. And that's why, you know, at least in Justin Fields' case, he can just go run for a thousand yards and figure it out. So that's true. why Zach Wilson throws dumb interceptions because he he doesn't. Kirk Cousins barely ever throws a dumb interception. And when you and, he, and but I would argue he did throw some maybe in his first couple years with the Vikings. He probably did. But the ones that look dumb now are either the receiver ran the wrong route, so it looks dumb, or he threw what they're calling uh, in this Albert Breer article an opportunity ball, which that's actually we should get into some of these these quotes here. So here's Kevin O'Connell to Albert Breer. I think with the close games, you don't just win those games. It's not a luck thing. And he even mentions how he took issue with some of the characterization of the Vikings being lucky last year. O'Connell lashes out very passive aggressively. He does. For Kirk Cousins, close games require quarterbacks to make some plays that maybe you don't have to in a normal rhythm and timing of a game and still give yourself an opportunity to win. And and he's praising Kirk for sort of mastering that part of it. Um, But then there's also a lot of conversation in this article. And I'll let you guys, you guys, it's SI.com. Albert Bree, you can read the whole thing. It's fantastic about Kevin O'Connell encouraging. And Sean McVay, they talked about Sean McVay kind of doing the same thing when he was with Kirk Cousins and now with the Rams, that, hey, just because there's a cornerback in the vicinity of your receiver, and Kirk kind of says this in the article, doesn't mean that your receiver can't still make the play. And the most prominent example was the Bills game. Now, of course, the elephant in the room for me, and I know, Judd, you feel the same way in this article, is he never really circled back to, like, in the key moment of the season, why did you forget about that important Bingo. theme that helped you complete all these fourth-quarter comebacks? But but it doesn't. But maybe it's just because he's not a completed process yet. Like, he has changed his mindset in that way a lot more, and Kirk even talks about the need to be both an artist and sort of a... I think he, I don't know if he said scientist, but it's like there's the there's the science and the art of playing quarterback. And you can't just be if you're just an artist, you're gonna make some cool plays, but you're probably gonna throw a bunch of interceptions and derail your team. If you're just a scientist or whatever, that's great. But like if things go right. off track or you need to improvise in the fourth quarter. So he he says it's a constant battle for him to be a blend of both going forward. And that's where Kevin O'Connell has probably made the biggest difference for him. Yeah, and so to uh 
to go back to what you just referenced from the Breer piece, which is the word words opportunity balls, which I absolutely love. Think about the difference between that. So like clearly they sit down and and O'Connell, because you know, it's not that McVeigh or O'Connell say, hey, throw some picks, right? But they've got to give him the map of what's okay and opportunity balls, especially with Justin Bleep and Jefferson, or in the Rams case, Cooper Cup, um, are balls that, yeah, they might be dicey, but they can work. And if they work, and, and, you know, Kirk is an accurate enough quarterback ordinarily to make it work. Now, juxtapose that with, I think it was Zimmers last year, where Mike supposedly said, well, I've told him he's got to take some risks. I've told him he's got to take some. But in Kirk's mind, because Kirk is, it's such a science to to him. That wow. means nothing. What does risk, that mean? Risk. Opportunity. opportunity. They're risk talking is neg- about the same thing, but yes. it's a different way to put it. And risk is negative. Take a risk. Well, but that's a risk. Opportunity is, hey, this can work. See it through this light. Like, if you think about how Kirk is wired, it's not that hard. Like, because we... I think if you watch the the Netflix documentary and hear Kirk talk enough, it's very clear what he needs. Opportunity ball is uh I'm sure they sat down and looked at passes and like went through, okay, here's what the here's what the opportunity looks like. And if it no, gets No, that's screwed a up, risk. No, it's yeah, an opportunity. Exactly. But Zimmer was just like, Well, just take some risks. Just just make those passes. That doesn't mean a damn thing to Kirk. Kirk's like, no, that's a dumb play. So, and and again, Phil, this all goes back to the starting point of something that you have brought up a bunch, which is the Kirk Cousins book, Michigan State. I did something dumb. I paid a price. I can't do that. Well, no, actually you have to, but it has to be put in a light of it's okay in this case. Yes. So fascinating, man. I never thought of it that way, but they... We we had talked early in the in the first Kevin O'Connell season. I do remember we did a show about how I was trying to defend Mike Zimmer a little bit and say, hey, the things that were praising Kevin O'Connell for wanting Kirk to do, Mike wanted Kirk to do the same. People thought like, well, Zimmer was putting the shackles on Kirk. No, Zimmer was begging for Kirk to take mm-hmm. more risks or more chances. But the way Judd just explained it, that's the difference in the teaching. And that's the difference in the connecting with the quarterback, right? That one coach... They both want him to make big plays down the field. You know, don't throw short of the sticks on third and 10, whatever it is, or fourth and eight. And one of them chooses in sort of a furrowed brow, angry manner to take a risk. And the other one is putting his arm around a quarterback and saying, don't think of it as a risk. In this situation, it's an opportunity. Throwing, throwing the ball into triple coverage on whatever it was, fourth and 18 in Buffalo, and it's windy, yes. is not a risk, actually, because the, the risk is not throwing that pass and losing the game. That's the risk. Yeah, from 2000. So Kirk Cousins from 2018 to 2021, I I will say this to, to go back to your question of him being improved. From 2018 to 21, that Buffalo ball does not come out. It doesn't go there. I agree. So like, like if we're talking about now, could he have made that throw in 18? hundred percent. But the difference is the empowerment of you need to make a play. It might be tough, but one, we're dealing with a very special player who can catch the ball. And two, as you said, if we don't do this, the outcome is the Giants game, which is no way to lose a game. Yes. We should read some of these quotes here from the anonymous football executives and coordinators about Kirk Cousins. But let's shout out a new partner of ours here on Purple Daily, our friends at UglyDeck.com. 
And we must apologize yes, for the YouTube audience you. here, okay? We characterized <laughs> this as a chicken suit. It's a it's a duck suit. Ugly. You'll see it. Ugly there he is. duck. Uglyduck.com partying on these X. You can either do it yourself or have them install it, Judd. There's there's so many options at uglydeck.com. Exactly right. You know, a, a maintenance-free deck can be expensive, but what if I told you, as you watched all that fun right there, that there is a way to save $10,000, even if you think you can't build the deck yourself. Uglydeck.com, as Phil just said, has the DIY assist program where Ugly Deck installs your footings and ledger, designs and assists with your project, and you finish the deck and save thousands you get a free DIY coach who's going to help you from start to finish. It's so easy. Dare I say Sports Dad could do it DIY. Half of the half of the UglyDeck.com DIY customers have never framed a deck before, but you can DIY it with their help. Average savings are between, get this, ten dollars and $11,000. If you go to their website, you can pick out your deck. Check out all the great national brands that they carry. Right now, they are... Uh, in the midst of running their fall promo, $500 off. Just tell them Judd sent you or that you heard about it on this show, Purple Daily. Late summer and fall are a perfect time to build a deck. So get started now on their website. Go to UglyDeck.com. Click on DIY. And you know what? You're going to have a deck on which you can party as well. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, in terms of do-it-yourself, you could yourself go to 3Jack in the North Loop, Minneapolis, if you enjoy amazing food and uh, fun golf simulator stations, Declan. Yeah, we got like record heat going on right now. And two things, no one wants to be sweating when they're on the golf course. Or two, maybe you want to golf and the tee sheet gets filled up. Well, why don't you go to 3jack.com? You still get your swings in and those nice air-conditioned bays, okay? So you're not just being beat down the heat, plus a great option of food, great happy hour selections, too. Uh, it's not just golf simulators. You got those loaded nachos that are a favorite of this show. Go to 3jack and 3jack.com to book that bay. And plus, you can stay up to date on all their events and happenings. Go to 3jack and 3jack.com. Go check out their location in the North Loop. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. So, okay, boys, Mike Sando, after surveying 50 different people inside the game, eight general managers, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators, 10 other executives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he has put all these quarterbacks, 30 quarterbacks, into multiple tiers. So the first tier, let's just go through this here, and we'll get to some of the Cousins quotes. The first tier is a quarterback that can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game. So pure passing situations being when they know you're probably going to pass. It's third and long. It's mm-hmm. second and double digits. It's fourth quarter. You're trailing. It's like, hey, there's no disguising it with a play action at this point. He's probably going to pass. We're going to get after him, and he still has to try and complete the pass, right? So the first tier is Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Okay. Tier two. A tier two quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. 
He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses uh, possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above Tier 3. He does have a hole or two in his game. And right now, Tier 2 includes Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Kirk Cousins. So I'll read that description again of Tier 2. Does this fairly fit Kirk Cousins? A Tier 2 quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above Tier 3. He does have a hole or two in his game. I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. For the 2022 version of Kirk Cousins that we got, I think that description is just spot on. Absolutely. In in fact, there are there's a few guys in tier two that I might try and put in tier three, but right now Kirk's not one. He might I be, agree. but right now, um, Dak Prescott, I'm not so sure of. I think he might be a tier three guy right now. Like I, the, the whole Dak Kirk thing to me is, and they're very different players. But I don't know what to make of Dak right now. Um, but I think Kirk Cousins with Kevin O'Connell as his coach, I think the, for the first time. Because Kirk, you know, under Zimmer and with the various systems, statistically was very good. It was, it was, you know, do you get to the playoffs and win games? But I think this is the most that I can define who Kirk is right now. And that's a credit to him and his coach. So I think a tier two ranking in the Sando uh, list is very, very fair for Kirk Cousins. Here's what some of the, the executives and people are saying. So one executive said, People have Kirk in tier three, and I'm like, no, 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 no. But the guy is a riddle. He plays almost flawlessly in the second half in the biggest comeback in the history of the league against the Colts, which almost no one can do. And then one month later in the playoffs, he's got fourth and eight on the last play of the game, and he's hitting the check down five yards short of the sticks with the defender all over the receiver. Yeah. That's a (laughs) a, a league executive just echoing what we're saying. Yeah. And then an offensive coordinator who placed Cousins in Tier 2 said, he's probably the guy I was torn on the most between a 2 and a 3. He'll probably never win a Super Bowl, but he is just a damn good player who more times than not, the Vikings are at least even if not a little ahead of who they are playing from a quarterback standpoint. Perfect description. And then a defensive coordinator said, he's smart, he's got leadership, he's got command of the offense. I'm not sure he can carry the team even sometimes. There is something missing there. That's from a, a defensive coordinator's perspective. But the combinate, but I think with the puzzle being O'Connell, Cousins, and Jefferson, because I think if Jefferson is given opportunity, again, opportunity balls. If Jefferson is given opportunity, Jefferson, as weird as this might sound, is in that very select tier one group of receivers who can carry the team. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's a, that's a very small list. That's a finite list, yeah. but that Buffalo game proved it. Like that was a hell of a pass by Kirk. It was a hell of a chance that he took, but Justin Jefferson made one of the most amazing. I would argue that's one of the most amazing catches in the long and storied history of the Vikings franchise. Oh yeah. Easily. You wish that it was like happening in the playoffs. So, but well, yeah. I mean, you could have thrown the ball, yeah. but anyway, I think those descriptions are spot on. 
So tier three here, this is the tier that Kirk has now graduated from into tier two. A tier three quarterback is a legitimate starter, but needs a heavier running game and or defensive component to win. A lower volume drop back passing first offense suits him best. So guys that are just, you know, they can definitely drive the car, but you got to be careful letting them go too fast. Kyler Murray. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. Derek Carr. My guy, Jared Goff. Disrespectful. Russell Wilson, who I think would have been Russell Wilson. Let's see here. They have the history of this. We'll yeah. find out. Dude, yeah, he, he was, was he was tier one. Yeah. He was he like number right. one. This is the lowest he's been by far. Yeah. 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 Tua, Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, and Mac Jones. It's a big it's a large tier of quarterbacks. Mac Jones gets in tier three. That's interesting. So and so tier four is a quarterback could be an unproven player. There's not enough information for voters to classify or a veteran who ideally would not start all 17 games. And that group is Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew. Okay. So those are the four tiers. And Kirk was, was traditionally tier three. He's, he's only been in tier two one other time in the eight years of this uh, experiment. So he's two two for eight being in the, the second tier. He's never been in the first tier. He's been in the third tier the other the other years they yeah. did this. I, I think the list of quarterbacks that intrigues me the, the most as far as what are they going to do, Trevor Lawrence, because he could be tier one by this no time next year. He could be tier one. Jalen Hurts uh, could be tier one. Yep. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, who could be sitting on a 2009 Favre year. Like, he's reengaged a lot. Like, he seems like he's having fun again, which, I mean, the, the last couple of years with the Packers were miserable for everyone, including the fans, I think. Um, so that that intrigues me. And Russell Wilson. Sean Payton's yeah. talking a big game right now. But, uh, you know, Russell, I'm not ready to give up there yet. I'm not either. It's weird. Apparently, he came to camp a lot leaner than he's been yeah. in the last couple of years, too. So he's, I mean, he's that, changing some things. That's Russell Wilson, by the way. I don't think Sean Payton's leaner. No, a little heavier to me. No, and 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 he was out of line for for what he said about Hackett and the mess. But that's you know what he right. he's not he wrong. Right. He's not wrong. Yeah, exactly. That thing was a train wreck from day one. On one hand, it's kind of funny that someone with that stature said it out loud. Like you know what? Yeah, he said what all of all of us all of us have said the same thing about this clown after the first game of the season where you know yes. they didn't know how to line up and kick a field goal or whatever. But I can see how it is weird that you make this aggressive drive-by comment like six months after all the dust has settled. It's like, okay, the, the body is the body's right. been lying there for six months. You went Let's back, just... dug it up, and kicked it. <laughs> I know. Poor guy. And Nathaniel Hackett seems like a genuinely awesome, nice human and yeah. father and everything. So he couldn't he couldn't manage the clock. He had to hire a clock <laughs> management guy after week one. <laughs> he should have had one before week one. I think Sean There's no Payton, shame in having one, just, you know. I think Sean Payton is not a great guy, but I will take him a thousand times out of a thousand times. Like, if you're, like, yeah. father of the year coach your team or this guy who's sort of off his rocker, but he's good, I'm taking off the rocker yeah. guy. It is going to be interesting because Russell Wilson's so used to the Pete Carroll, Nate Hackett, bright, gum-chewing personalities, yeah. and now he gets grizzled Sean Payton. Although Pete Carroll does something right. I will say that. Like, like it's, it, it's incredible what the infrastructure does. 
Like Pete yeah. Carroll does, the Seahawks do something right. For a decade and a half. Absolutely. Yep. yep. So, all right, there's your, uh, there's your Kirk Cousins optimism here early from the, not only the national pundits, but people inside the league who are elevating him. It's funny because his overall stats went down last year in a lot of categories, but some of the key stuff, like some of the advanced metrics in the key moments, high leverage, fourth quarter comebacks, but he's got to be better in the second and third quarter. So that's kind of the, that if he can maintain the fourth quarter clutchness, he's always been pretty good on scripted plays early and fill in like the second, third quarter lulls that you've seen. That will be an interesting version of Kirk that we maybe haven't seen yet. Just like an interesting version of Judd popped up a couple of years ago when he lost 40 pounds oh. thanks to Livia. That is, what a transition. What a transition, both from you, Phil, and also, look at that guy. Oh, if if you are you. watching yes. us right now, the transition of the, the guy on the left to the transition of the guy on the right, yeah, they're both sports dad folks, so what changed? I'm going to tell you right now, my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers helped me change, and Livia days have arrived. That's right, happy days are here again. The best deal of the summer going on right now, join today. You're going to get 50% off a personalized program that is going to help you lose 10 pounds or more in the first two weeks 50 percent off and you are on your way to not only taking off the weight but keeping it off as well voted minnesota's best weight loss program year after year 855 go livia livia l-i-v-e-a.com you too can transition to being a person who fits into all those clothes that don't fit feeling good looking good and as always tell them purple daily turns you on to the great work they do at livia i'm glad you finished that sentence there (laughs) Or just tell him Purple Daily turns you on. Uh, I'm never. To the great work. I would would never. I would never say that. (laughs) I I know where to draw the line. Whatever the reason is that you watch Purple Daily, we appreciate it. Declan. I hear Declan. Oh, there are people that do watch because Declan's a heartthrob. I've heard there are a lot. I've heard there's. Dumb thing is he going to say this time? Yep, that's one of those. I think that. I've heard the wives are big fans because of the heartthrob that is Declan Goff. The YouTube has changed the world for Declan and for Purple Daily. So, well, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can help spread the word about this show. And the same for clicking the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel here. Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.